So a lot of times we're so afraid of letting go of what we think that we covet. But if you just let it go, if you just take that next step, if you just set yourself up, you're going to be amazed at what's on the other side. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Permission to Pivot podcast. I am your host, Jasmine, and today I am joined by arguably one of my favorite people on the planet. My homeboy, Daryl, is joining me today. Daryl, could you let the folks know who you are, what you do, and where you're at? What's up, y'all? So my name is Daryl. I'm out of Charlotte, North Carolina. I speak full time. Most of my speaking is done for students around the country. So high school, college, grad, even some middle school, elementary school at this point. But my whole message and my whole platform is about helping audiences to not be fearless all the time, but to have more fearless moments, to have more courage, get out of their comfort zone, to do those things that we sometimes know in our head that we want to do, but sometimes fear stops us from doing. Yeah. Man, I can't wait to dive in because it's just, mm, it's so fear and pivoting, I think, are like two sides of the same coin sometimes. So I can't wait to dive into our conversation. Um, I want to start with, if you can think back to like the course of your lifetime, what is a moment, like a significant growth moment that you had that you think has significantly influenced where you are now or the path to where you are now? If I had to think of one moment, it would have to be the moment that I decided to get a life coach for the first time. So I remember working in corporate America. It was around, what year was that? I can't remember. It was probably had to be five, six years ago. I was working in corporate, but before that I had a, I wanted to start a business when I got out of college. So I had to be around 12, 13, 14, around probably 14 or 15. When I got out of college, I tried to start a business to help first year students on my college campus to get different things, leadership development, all those great things that didn't work out. So I was in corporate America and I was trying to figure out what do I want to do? What does that look like for me? Trying to figure out probably how to pivot to mm-hmm. uh, to helping students in some way, or just figure out what that thing is. And I decided that I didn't have what I needed inside my brain or the books that I was reading. So I went to Google and typed in life coaches in Charlotte and found a lady who wanted up being my coach who kind of allowed me to just learn that there were an opportunity to speak, uh, impact people and make money full time doing it. So by meeting her, that allowed me to be able to go to a meeting, which allowed me to see other speakers from around the country Mm. who spoke. And it was at that meeting that I decided that I wanted to quit my job within one year. I wound up quitting my job one year and two months after that. But that moment that I want to bring you all to, who are everyone who's listening, is the moment where I actually decided to put in my letter and actually leave. I was making probably like 80000 at the time. So I was on the track to the six figures. And to actually put in that letter, I was proud of myself, but I was also like scared and nervous. And because I took that jump, it has allowed me since that moment to take multiple jumps in different areas because I took that first pivotal moment where I was scared. So that would be the moment that I would say that got me to here thus far. Yeah, I... I'm a firm believer that every coach needs a coach. Yes. So I'm glad to know that that's an investment that you made early on. When you think about like the time that you spent with your life coach, what is, if you, I'm sure she taught you lots of lessons, but if you could pull like one lesson that you are still using today on your journey that she taught you, what would that be? I got one. So for those of you all listening, 
she I collect fears for a living. So I've collected over 60,000 written fears from audiences across the country. I asked every student or audience member to finish the statement. I fear that as in what's that thing that's stopping them from getting to that next level. So what I used to do is I used to collect all these, take them, burn them in my backyard and then send the video to the the audience or the school, letting them see that their fears were burned and to kind of like show them that their fears were like, you know, gone and kind of like they were in the process of moving through those things. I remember speaking to my coach early on and I was telling her what I was doing. She said, Daryl, what if you don't burn another fear? What if you actually keep those and build yourself as an expert in this space? Because you have all that data, like data is king. So it was, I think that was a huge moment that kind of led me to where I am now because I'm not just motivational, inspirational. I think that's cool, but I have the data that backs up what I'm talking about on what I believe and what I've learned are some of those top fears of people around the country. So that was one of the top things that she told me and that has helped me. I love that because I can just see the dramatics of you burning burning paper in your backyard and like making that a whole moment. Yeah. So, so I think one of the cool things that I've always thought is super cool about you is that you call yourself a fear expert. And I just think that's really powerful language. And I think that the re- the fears that you've collected, the research you've done is just like, who does that? Right. And so I'm curious to know when you think about like pivoting and fear and like their connection, what do you think like the biggest fear is when people think about pivoting or or are in the process of pivoting? Hands down, it's letting go of the life that they had or letting go of what they believe that they sometimes will be. How do I explain this? There's this visual that I remember seeing on social media where there's this little girl holding a bear behind her back. And mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. So, so she's no Jesus or God is holding a bear behind his back and mm-hmm. he's trying to give up something smaller. And yet he's trying to give her something bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, that's how I think about fear when it comes to taking that pivot and taking that jump is a lot of times we're scared of what that looks like. We're scared of letting go that job. We're scared of letting go some of the friendships that we have scared of letting, letting go that identity that we might have in that thing that we are embracing at that time, not knowing that there's something bigger and better in the future. So a quick story is I was with a speaking agency for the past five years. They were able to allow me to do so many things in the speaking space and I was so nervous. I mean, Jasmine, you know, we were speaking two years, like the year of COVID mm-hmm. this year, you know, COVID happened, things switched, things changed, things pivoted. But I was so scared thinking that if I were to leave, then how would I be able to survive? How would I get gigs? How would I be able to speak? And I had to challenge myself and let go of that little small bear. And this year I'm surviving, I'm thriving. I have more relationships with different clients, like because I was able to let go of that. So a lot of times we're so afraid of letting go of what we think that we covet. But if you just let it go, if you just take that next step, if you just set yourself up, you're going to be amazed at what's on the other side. You know, Daryl, I think that in the moments, if I can think back to like the moments that were scariest for me, where I was like, we're going to have to pivot in some way. We're letting something go. I think the thing that It wasn't even fear. I think there was a moment of like both fear and sadness because I had envisioned my life like on this path and on this like linear track and everything that I had done like to that point was like building up to this, you know, this job, this major, this whatever, right? This relationship. And then to decide like, actually, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. It was like, I'm scared to even 
like say that out loud. And then I'm also sad because that means that like the life that I thought I was going to have is going to look different. And I, I don't actually know what it's going to look like now because I don't really have control over what happens. Yeah. You're hitting on something right now because right now I'm in that pivot stage. So Mm -hmm. the past seven years, I'm all throughout my life, I've always known exactly what I wanted to do. It's like, all right, I got to mm. sort of, so I got to college. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur in some way. So tried a business, went to corporate America, and then came back to entrepreneurship through speaking. So I was like, all right, I want to be the top speaker, one of the top speakers in the college space. All right, I did that. And I'm like, all right, what is that next thing? And now I'm struggling figuring out, do I want to stay here? Do I want to go to corporate? Do I want to build an education company? And it's so frustrating where Mm -hmm. I think we feel like sometimes in life when we let go, I'm going to start going back to the bear. When when we let go of that small bear, we think that's going to be the last time we have to do it. But, Mm. and then hopefully if you're still growing, if you still challenge yourself, there's going to be a time where you have to give up that thing again. And it's even harder. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're holding on to it. So I was letting go of a bear at that point. I was making what 80 K right. And now I'm working letting go of a bear with you know double six figures and a family and kid you know so yeah the process of of moving through that but yes I agree with you yeah I so you're in the season now and so this is such a timely conversation because you're like literally in the middle of a pivot right what are as you're trying to like make sense of what it what's coming next what are some of the things that you're doing that are helping you to gain clarity about what you want to do, right? Because you said like, I've always known what I want to do. And so now you're going to see them like, it could go a lot of different ways and all of the ways probably could be great. So how are you creating space for you to find clarity and like what the next step is going to be? Piece of that is journaling. I use the day one app. That's pretty cool. I have a business. I'm in this business group in Charlotte called EOA, Entrepreneurship Accelerator. And my coach in that group, he encourages me to ask the question often, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? So what do you want? And that's a question that we don't ask ourselves a lot. And if we, mm-hmm. and if we ask ourselves that question, it's important to actually answer it honestly, because sometimes you are, you are chasing not necessarily what you want, but maybe what the world wants or what you feel like you want. So if I say, Hey, Daryl, what I truly, truly want is one month out of year. I want to be, I want my family to be able to travel outside of the country Mm-hmm. On June, right? If I say that I really want, I have a house now, but let's say I want a certain car. Let's say I really want to give away 300 fearless band, whatever those things are, mm-hmm. it's important to start defining and writing those things down with the impact and the things that the things that you're trying to get to, because when you're able to define it, it allows you to be able to get more clarity because sometimes you're thinking that what you want is going to take a lot more. So a good example mm. of being a multimillionaire or a billionaire is what they want. But when when I truly look into your life and you tell me what you really, really want and desire, you can get that at $300,000 a year and be fine without all the stress that might come with a billion or 4 million or 5 million. So that has been my process is constantly asking what I want, talking over with friends, having them kind of share what they think I might be good at, what's going well, and just listing for what I call the pebbles. So Oprah said this years ago, or someone on Oprah show or somewhere said like, life speaks to you first in pebbles, right? So you, you feel the pebbles, you're like, okay, right? Life speaks, and then it comes with a rock, right? It's like, a, mm-hmm. like okay, it's a rock. And then next comes the boulder. 
the goal in life, usually with the negative things, is to avoid the boulder. So you want to listen to the pebbles. So anytime someone says something, anytime someone, anytime I watch something and I feel like a pebble or a rock is coming, I'm like, all right, let me take that in and, and see if that can lead me somewhere. So listen to the rocks and pebbles before you hit that boulder. I like that. I'm going to steal that. That's so good. Yeah. That's really good. Lots of pebbles. In bad relationships. Like, you know, you think yeah. about it, like you always get those signs and you get the rock. Yeah. The goal is to never get to the boulder in any of those types of things. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's so good. And I love that you talk about journaling and just like, that is a practice that I am, I go back and forth. I'm like, if I'm good at it and I shouldn't be equating, like, am I good at journaling? Because that's not the point, but I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that. Like the question, right. That you're asking is like, what do you want? And give yourself yourself space to like name what those things are and to be honest with yourself. But I think the other part of that is figuring out like, what's the impact of what I want, right? And who does it impact? How does it impact me? Or how does it change me? And who do I become because of that? But then also like my family, you know, my my inner circle, my community, like other people maybe that are impacted, like what is the impact of those things too? Legacy, all those things playing to that. Yes, 100%. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so I just want to ask you, because you ask everybody else, so I'm not sure if people ask you this. So you have your statement when you're with your audiences and you say, I fear that. Yeah. This is so off script, but I just felt like I wanted to ask this. Huh. So you're in the middle of this like transition and you're finding clarity. And so I'm curious to know how you would respond to that question now, just in the season that you're in. Another good question. And I was actually thinking about this. Was it yesterday or last night? It was yesterday. My biggest fear or my my fear statement at this point as of like today is that I fear that when I look at my friendships and relationships, that I'm going to be like left behind in some way. So I have a lot of friends who are doing some amazing things. Like I was talking to a friend yesterday sitting at her house and like she focuses on trauma and she has contracts with in the in different countries and and like just doing some amazing somebody that I know for years and I have another yeah. has his own membership group and another friend who's speaking corporately who's you know has a nonprofit and I feel like in my relationships, the one thing that makes me feel good is the ability to be able to give and be Mm -hmm. able to offer advice and share. And when I feel like I'm in a relationship where I'm not the one being able to offer and give and share, then I feel kind of out of place. And I Mm -hmm. feel I'm in some way not measuring up. And I know that in many ways, I know I give a lot of relationships. I know I'm, I'm always able to offer. I think there's, there's, there's always two mindsets. Like we know that at the core, we're okay, but then we can also mm-hmm. still doubt ourselves in many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Doubting self, when I hear different friends talk about things, I'm like, and I'm, and I'm at this point now, y'all, where I'm like, I believe that what's for me is for me. I'm not jealous. I'm happy. I'm hyped. I'm excited for it. Especially when you've known people for so long. And yeah. Like, levels. But I'm like, Daryl, like, did you peak too early? You know, like mm-hmm. those are things that like, did you peak too early? Like you were, you were killing it. Like, are you still killing it? Like, so those are the things that are kind of, that some of my fears and worries is like, am I, am I going to be left behind by those people around me who are really, really like uh, really, really succeeding and really doing some big things. That's so interesting. Yeah. 
And I think like the very, well, first, thank you for that transparency and vulnerability, because I think that I know I've had moments like that. And I still have moments like that of like, oh man, like, you know, friends are doing these incredible things and I'm not jealous and I'm not like, I love what I get to do, but I'm also like, dang, like, are you going to take off and forget about me? Right. Am I going to, am I going to still be here and you're going to be doing 85 other things. Right. And so I think that's a real thing in a, in, in lots of seasons, right? Like that's not a, that's not an age specific thing where people maybe feel, feel that. So my next question to build on that is because you're a fear expert and I'm sure maybe that you've done some coaching around fear things, what would you tell yourself? So like if some, so if I were to tell you that and that's how I was feeling, what would you say to me? Okay. So the first thing I would say is, so there's this concept called the gap in the game. So most of the time in life, we live in what we call the gap. There's this from this guy called Dan Sullivan, a whole whole book on it, which helps me in, in my journey is if you are always, when you're looking backwards, you're in the gap. When you're looking forward, you're in, no, when you're looking backwards, you're in the gain. When you're looking forward, you're in the gap. So you know where you are right now. And you know where you want to be, but because you're always growing and because you're always changing, there's always going to be, there should always be a gap in some way. And what we get caught up with Jasmine is we get caught up in comparing ourselves to where we want to be and where others might be in different areas. But what Mm -hmm. I want you to focus on Daryl or Jasmine is I would like you to take a moment and write down where you started, like write down all your accomplishments thus far and focus on how far you've come. Because I think you forget about those moments, Daryl, where you quit your job and you had no, where you were putting everything on credit cards back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then your whole life through speaking, you forget the first time you got that $300 check and you're like, whoa, wow, right? And so that's what I would try to ask that person or ask you to focus on this. Write down all of those moments from the past that have gotten you where you are. Remember where you've come from and focus on how far you've come instead of always focusing on where you got to go. Because if you made it, if you made it thus far with all those things, there's no reason why you, you're not going to be able to make it forward. That's the first thing that came to mind, the gap in the game. Focus on the focus on the gain and not on that gap, because that gap is always going to be there. Yeah. See, now I hope again, this is another episode. I hope y'all got y'all notebooks and y'all pens out because the guests been bringing the gym. So I hope y'all taking notes. Okay. Because the gap in the game, the pebbles, pick up these gyms, right? Um, All the time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So you talked a little bit about relationships. One last thing. Go ahead. Yes. Um, Go. That helps me when it comes to comparison, especially when you get to a point where, where, where like you're stable and you're like, yo, I'm, I feel like I'm doing good. I tell the story about when I was in middle school, I decided to run track. I wanted to run, I wanted to be, what is it called? A sprinter, but I think they put me in like long distance. But the first race out the gate, gun goes off and I'm like halfway around the track. So I'm in the front. I'm killing it. I got it, right? And I say that everybody in the chant, everybody in the stands were cheering. They probably, yo, he got that. Anyone who was behind me running, they're probably comparing themselves to me in some way. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Am I going to be able to catch, catch up? Will I be able to make it? All those things. The end of the story is I wound up coming in last because <laughs> that was my first race. I wound up coming in last all the races for the most part because I just wasn't good. But <laughs> first out the gate, I didn't really know what I was doing. And right. the main point of that story is we're all on the same track of life, right? Trying to do our thing, but mm-hmm. we're all in our individual lanes. And sometimes when you're in your individual lane, you could be looking ahead 
at others. You could be looking ahead. And it could be anything from people who have kids, people who are married, people who have businesses, people who quit their job, people who are more healthier, people, whatever those things mm-hmm. are. And you're comparing yourself when not everybody is terrible and going to come in last, but you never really know the internal battle people are having. And you never mm. know when, when you are going to hit your level or, or where you need to be in whatever way that is. So that's just a comparison yeah. that helps me. It's like, Hey, there, you never know what people are going through. You never know when your time is going to come. So give yourself grace with figuring that out. Yeah. And I love the race analogy because I have a friend and we talk about this all the time. Like it's a marathon, not a sprint. And so like we are in it for the long haul and in business and relationships and like friendships. Like, so we're not, the goal is not to get out and go hard at the beginning. Like it's to build something that you can sustain over time. And I think that like, I've learned to enjoy life because I'm not rushing to like, Oh yeah, like this has got to take off immediately. So much time to go. Like, I think the yeah. ACC says 78.8 is like the average lifespan. Well, with us, if we're eating healthy and technological and health stuff, we should be yeah. like, have so much time left to go. And yet we're so hard on ourselves. Yeah, we absolutely are. So you talked about where I'm going to stick with this race analogy just because I love it. And I also had track dreams. But I I never ran track, but I had track dreams. <laughs> I was about to say, you, you probably were good, but you never and ran. No. So when you think about like going back to when you, so you started a business then you mm-hmm. got into corporate and then you got into speaking, how did you find like your lane, right? Because I think like being a fear expert and talking to other people about being fearless and cultivating courage and all these things, like that is a very, even before I met you, like, I was like, this is so, this is such a specific niche thing. And so like, how did you even come to like, find that to be like your secret sauce and like the lane that you were called to like running in that season? I could talk about this like over and over, like for hours, just thinking about it. I haven't even thought about some of this stuff until you asked us and like, iteration after iteration after iteration and changing and shifting. And I, I looked at an earlier vision board that I had. And mm-hmm. when I first started, I was trying to focus it on something, but I was speaking to college students at first because the only thing I was an expert in was doing college well. And my first thing was called define your experience. So it was like fearless. And it was like Greek experience, first year experience. And I had this, these little logos, these little circle logos that kind of match find your experience. And then I don't know if I told the story yet with you on how I, I read the fears of students the first time. I got emotional while reading them the first time I asked mm. like the fears. I was like, oh, there's something here. Talked to the coach when it came to burning them, started reading more of them. How did I narrow in on this particular topic? I think it was reading those fears for the first time and feeling emotional and thinking, oh, there's something here. And also going to my first National Speakers Association meeting. And I think the topic that that meeting, last meeting of the year, first meeting I ever went to was that experts usually do the best when it comes to speaking. You know, we always know that there's a motivational story. Like we love motivation. We love inspiration, but people, companies sometimes want to hear from experts, people who are very, very deep and know a lot about a topic. So I knew that I wanted Mm. to be focusing on something because that would separate me away from other people who are just purely speaking on motivational and inspirational topics. And I've even involved from there. So I went from define your experience to Bellamy Inspires. 
that was very, Bellamy Inspires was very uh, motivation, inspiration, but I was still kind of like honing in on the fear. I was still only talking about that. Since mm-hmm. during the pandemic, I switched to more of a movement-based, fearless inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I moved to, I still have fearless inside, but I talk about that it's not about being fearless, but having more fearless moments. So I moved mm-hmm. fearless to have more fearless moments. Mm-hmm. And now I'm making the shift. As you can see, it's a constant process to fearful to fear and then in quotation marks is less. So all mm-hmm. about teaching audiences not to be fearless, not to necessarily have more fearless moments, but what are the ways that they can, in whatever area they choose, how can they fear less or what are the steps to fearing less? So as you can see, even all of those iterations, I'm constantly changing and growing, trying to figure out what those things are that I really enjoy. Like, And also I'm growing, right? When I first started, yeah. I was about 25. I'm now almost what, 30, like 32, 33 this year. So that's been a shift and change too. As I'm growing, I have five kids. Like I might not be able to tell the same student my vice president story anymore. You know, there's these things that shift and and, and yeah. Go. So yeah, I, I would say that's how my iteration. But being okay with that and knowing that certain things just take time. Last thing about this is some of you all who are listening are maybe scared to take that jump. And I'm so glad that I took my jump and started that business when I came out of college that failed. Because sometimes if you don't start things now, you'll find out too late or five years later that 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 thing wasn't what you needed to do but if you're able to do those things now and fail you can then move on quicker so i was able Mm. to find out that college concierge wasn't what i needed to do so therefore i was able to move on to that next idea but some of y'all are scared to even do that first idea meaning you're gonna find out eight years from now when you finally quit or when you finally decide to even put out the podcast or when you finally decide to even read the whatever those things are you're gonna find out eight years from now that that wasn't what you wanted to do where if you started now even with those small steps you can realize it and pivot a lot faster yeah i i love that you said that because i think about one of the things i i tell students all the time and that i try to take my own advice and it's i think it's always harder taking my own advice than yeah, it is like giving it yeah. out yeah. but i'm always like we're trying to fail forward and I'm not trying to fail fast, but the faster I fail, the faster I can figure out like what's coming next. So right. Hard. And, and, and I think that, and I've had this conversation with like other folks, right. Is that like, I'm a recovering overachiever. Mm-hmm. And so I actually don't really do well with failure. I need it. I just don't do well with it. And so like, mm-hmm. if I'm trying something new, the quicker I can like get it wrong then I can get over the emotion and like the pride of the thing and then try something different and be okay. But if it takes me a long time to like get into it and then it takes me a longer time to fail, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I should have never picked this up. This is terrible. Being okay with the process, saying to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the information that I had at the time. Yeah. So you have had all of these iterations, right? As you've grown and evolved and what has, what was the thing or what have been the things that have indicated to you like it is time to make a shift, like a major shift? Anytime I'm too comfortable. Oh. Anytime I'm too comfortable. So being with the agency for five years, it was just easy, you know? Mm. It was just easy. Like I woke up, I knew that gigs were coming. And for me, I've always been like hungry, even when I first started. And Mm. that hunger was starting to dissipate. And it was like, you know, I was just flowing, like, and I just didn't, and I talk about fearlessness, that's the thing. So <laughs> in order to get on stage and to share these things, students were sometimes asked, like, Darren, what's your fear? And in the back of my mind, I'm like, even this agency. And for me, I mm. couldn't on getting on that stage and feeling 
and authentic. So I honestly had to. See, if I was speaking about something like happiness or something, I don't know. I, I could find a way to get away with like not, yeah. really, not pushing through. But I forgot the question, Jasmine. But yeah, I would say, what was the question? That catalyst. Like what have been some of those like catalysts yeah. to oh, you that, know that and like it's like, time to, to shift? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always being feeling feeling too comfortable. Feeling too comfortable. Or, or, or even better, feeling really, really scared about something. So those mm. are the two if you're really, really nervous or fearful about something or, or I'm too comfortable in a space, then that's usually a time for me to pivot in some way. Yeah. Probably the, yeah, those are definitely the top two. Comfortable or scared is always like a, a light bulb that goes off. Okay. So this is, this is interesting to me because I was having this conversation offline with a friend about this podcast and cause it like, yeah, it like sort of like came to me and I was like, mm, I probably shouldn't do that. Like that doesn't feel, and I was like, I don't know why I'm so nervous about doing this yeah. because I love pot. I love listening to podcasts. Like podcasts are great. It's seemingly like an easy sort of startup process. And she was like, yeah, that's probably the sign that you need to do it. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I was like, dang. And so as I've, even as I've like talked to other friends who have like stepped into business or done like things that have been scary, I feel like that is a very consistent, like when it feels scary you might be onto something and that might be like the pebble or the rock mm-hmm. that's coming before you get to the boulder and ask what's the smallest step. So the smallest step for you was maybe buying a mic. The it second lit- that was the step. Yeah. It was buying a mic was the step. Yeah. So I'm always asking myself, what is that smallest step that I can take to, to get comfortable? I'm not asking people to go skydiving tomorrow, or I'm not asking you to quit your job tomorrow. I'm not asking you to, break up with the individual tomorrow that you're in a bad relationship, whatever those things are. I'm just saying, like, what yeah. is that awesome that you can take to get comfortable? Because everything that I've done that's been huge, I've never just jumped out there for the most part and did it. I always took those small steps what got me more comfortable and allowed me to take that step. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about, because I think that 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 in itself, right? Like taking the small steps and just taking like the next step is something when I think about pivots and shifts that people miss. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I think we always equate like a shift has got to be like, oh, it's this dramatic, like the pendulum is swinging from one side to the next side. And so, can you talk a little bit about like why those small steps, those moments that like in the moment they seem really big, but then when we get to like we've made the shift, you can look back and be like, actually, that wasn't that was actually a very small step in the grand scheme of what I was doing. But can you talk about just like why those things are? so important, particularly when we are pivoting and transitioning? It's important because it allow, it's similar to, they talk about if you put a frog in water and you turn up the heat slowly, the frog kind of gets used to it. Where if you just throw a frog in burning water, the frogs won't jump out and not really rock with it. So when I think about having those fearless moments or fearing less in whatever way that is, you don't want to jump in the water because if you jump in the, if you just jump in there, like if I just would have decided at that NSA meeting years because I was going to quit my job, there's a good chance that I would have been back at a job because I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's important to take those small steps. So therefore you are prepared and you're able to pivot along the way. Now there are opportunities in life from relationships to businesses where we jump out there and it does work out just based on luck and relationships or things that you just have going on in your life. But it's, I think it's, I think it's important or I know that it's important to get yourself comfortable. And when you go slow, you're able to pivot and take those small steps 
which then allow you to make that big change going forward. Yeah. I am thinking back to, and cause you sort of talked about it, right? Like the small steps, you can pivot along the way. And then the bigger thing that maybe you're working towards, it gets more refined. So like by the time you get to it, like you're very clear, typically in my experience, I've been very clear because I've had small steps. I've pivoted based on what I'm learning in the moment. And then when I get to the thing, I'm like, oh, this isn't even what I wanted. Like it's something completely different, but I'm very clear on it now. I wasn't clear on it then, but if I didn't take the steps, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten to a place like where I feel good, where I feel good about it. It reminds um, me. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It reminds me of me saving up like to the 23, $24,000, $25,000 before I quit my job. Mm-hmm. And having that money there allowed me to be able to during that year leading up to, what was it, beginning conferences or whatever, just leading up to that first year or, or during that first year of speaking, it allowed me to not be stressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stress mm-hmm. doesn't allow for that full creative energy. So if yeah. I, if I had $5,000 and I was worrying about how I was going to pay my mortgage and car payment, all those things, then I wouldn't have been able to truly be able to think about. Yeah. You know, I might just been able to take any opportunity. So you also want to create that comfort in that place. So you're able to be creative and be your best. Yeah. Self. Yeah. Yeah. When you think about creativity and then things like spark your creativity, how, like, what's that process like for you? It comes so randomly. I know it comes in the gym. Like when I'm working out, it's probably why mm-hmm. I should do that more. So definitely getting physical helps. One and second one is being around really good people, friends and, and individuals. That's huge. The third thing is caffeination. Anytime I'm caffeinated, like that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest talking about struggles is as a at, when I was single, no kids, not married, I could get a stroke of inspiration at let's just say, let's just say it's like four o'clock in the middle of the day and I could work. No, no, let's just say 11 o'clock at night and I could work till four and then wake up regularly take a nap you know and kind yeah of now it's like i have a baby that wakes up at 6 30 or 7 so i have to cut it's it's, a, it's more of a struggle now because not that i have to plan out my inspiration but i can't just necessarily always just jump on things i have to mm-hmm. more, more structure time and you learn that you can kind of create you can kind of create those moments when you need to but knowing what gets you there is it certain friends is it working out is it listening to certain podcasts is it mm-hmm. YouTube video. So knowing how to get you there. Yeah. 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 I am learning more and more about what are the things that like spark their creativity for me. Cause I also am someone it's like going to come at the most random moments. I typically don't have my phone on me. So then I'm running through it until I get to my phone. Like I'm like talking myself through it. So I don't forget. Cause I'm like, dang, that's really good. And so yeah. I'm learning more about like wh- what, what your phone on you. You say you don't. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. I try. So a lot of times my creativity comes when I'm walking my dog. Okay. And there are lots of times when I try to be just like present yeah. in, in like that moment. So like no phone, no phone calls, no headphones. And then a lot of times like the inspiration comes and I'm like, crap, like I should have had my phone because now I've just got to think about this for the next 20 minutes and hope that like when I get back to write something down, like the thought is still there. So Apple watch or you're like a droid individual. I have an Apple watch, but I don't have that on my Apple watch. So, well, I don't know. Does it, I don't know. Well, if you're not taking your phone, then you probably can't record. I'm pretty sure there's a record yeah. on there. That might be helpful too. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, bro. Hmm. Um, record on your watch. If you have some things you want to say, and maybe it, I'm just probably stored there. Hopefully. Yeah. It's probably still on your watch. 
you know, this is why I keep you around because you always have the good tips, brother. You always got the good tips. I love it. So I want to touch on, there's one thing that I want to touch on that we haven't really touched on, but I know is important to you just because I know who you are is community and the impact of relationships and how community has helped you, encouraged you, pushed you into some of your pivots. And so I guess my first question around community is just when you think about like some of the hard moments that come when you are in the middle of a transition or you're, you're even thinking about a transition, how has your community shown up in those moments and helped to like reaffirm and affirm like what, what's happening in that space and in those moments? I am nothing without like my friends and people around me who encourage me and cheer. I think the important thing is to remember is that people can only help you if you share what's going on. People can Mm -hmm. only share like that vulnerability. So I've, you know, certain people who have modeled that for me. So it's easier for me to model it, model it with them in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I found, I mean, I just, I just have, yeah, I just have such a great community who's able to share and able to, in certain ways you have, you have that people who remind you who you are. I have a friend that I, I can think about in particular, who he's amazing, speak, like does some great things. And I look at him in, with such like, wow. And just to hear him speak sometimes about maybe his imposter syndrome mm-hmm. allows me to think, and sit, I'm, y'all might be able to catch this because it's I'm trying to get this. So when I look at him and how amazing I think he is, and when he shares his imposter syndrome, and he talks about how amazing he thinks I am when I share mine, then if I think that he's amazing, then therefore I have to be amazing. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely, so just, absolutely. So I just, get that. It's just a reminder. It's kind of like mirroring yourself in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, remind yourself who you are, but that community is so, I, I, if it was just me in my mind and my brain, I would not be in front of you today. Like every, every part of who I am in many different ways is an idea that someone has shared with me that I was able to take and not see it as, hating or not see it as what do people say I, I, pretty much I was able to see it as feedback yeah um, yeah yeah a quick one that I can think of is y'all for years two to three years maybe four years I was collecting fears I will put the students would bring them up I will put them in a box I would close the box and continue on with the presentation and keep on talking and sharing I was at a conference and the speaker came up to me afterwards he said Daryl the presentation was good he said but you're missing something he said the power, it's not in all the other stuff he said. He said, the power is in reading those fears. He said, you're missing something. And from that mm. moment, reading it, and it changed the trajectory of the presentation, right? Because I was able yeah. to back and lean in. And this is from a fellow speaker who's speaking on college campuses. So y'all just, I mean, when I, when I think about just pricing, right? When I ask, I ask friends all the time, like, all right, so what are you usually charging for a keynote now? Like, who are your con like and we just share those things and that's mm-hmm. how people to know like what to do and to be open and honest and again y'all not to be you never want to be jealous you always want to just be happy for people and where they are yeah how you just achieve so many amazing things because you're you're coming from a place of love and you just want yeah. everybody in which it just feels good it, it feels good to be in this spot yeah <laughs> everybody's not uh, there yet and it takes time it takes time yeah absolutely and i i love that when when you started talking about your community one because 
I'm a part of your community. I know that it's important to you, but you can just tell, like when you start talking about your people, like you're like, like you can tell how much you love them and you care about them and how impactful they've been, right? Just the the excitement that you have talking about them. But I love that you, you said like you, one that you're modeling vulnerability with them, right? So like you're, yeah, you're modeling with them, but then two, like you're just being honest, right? Because if someone's asking how you're doing, like this is a very simple example, but someone's asking how you're doing and you're actually having a shitty day and they're your friend and you don't tell them that, then like they can't support you. And so then you just continue having a bad day and then you're like, I'm upset my friends didn't support me. And it's like, well, your friends didn't know, right? Like if you, because if you don't say anything, I can't, I can't always anticipate, right? Like what the need is going to be. Sometimes I can, but ultimately I can't unless you tell, like you, you have to, name the thing that you know you need help with or that you're working through or whatever and so I love that that you stated that because I think sometimes we often miss that in our relationships or our friendships the moments where people want to step up and they want to love on us and want to support us and for whatever reason we don't we we hold back and we don't give them the opportunity to show up in the ways that they that they could probably show up and shine in our lives right and so I love that I love that for you love your community a few friends do one of our friend groups every Monday, we do something called Gratitude Monday. So you do three things that you're thankful for based on the past week. And that has been amazing because it allows you to be able to like, because not every friend is talking every single day, but you know what the highlights were for the past. And then there are also times where like for me, I had one week where I didn't post and I didn't answer anything in the group all week. And they're like, yo, Daryl, what's up? But not, yeah. So it gave people the opportunity to be like, yo, what's going on? Yeah. Um, because I either wasn't responding or some weeks where I'm actually sharing those vulnerable things because it's a part of our weekly process. Yeah, it, it allows us to be able to connect more and people are able to share. Oh, I'm feeling that way too. But usually people are just waiting for you to share. And when you're able to be open, they mirror it. I found it to be most of the time. Yeah. 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 I love that. Gratitude Monday. Was that in a group chat? Yeah, this is every Monday. Yeah. You just, whenever you want to on Monday, you, you just type three things that you're thankful for. And it could be anything. It could be as small as, y'all, some some Mondays I'm grasping for things. I'm like, I'm thankful for the carpet in my office. You know, I, you got to find anything. Like, I'm thankful for the carpet. Yeah, I'm anything. It's not raining outside today. I'm thankful that I'm alive, you know? And then something, yeah. I'm thankful that I was able to take this trip last week. Yeah. Because I think gratitude is about the small things just as much as it is about the the big moments that happen in our lives. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to stick on this gratitude thing because I just... I what that's so simple but I feel like such a powerful thing to do in community yeah right so when you think about again like pivots transitions things shifts that you've had to make what is the one the one thing that you have been thankful for in in those seasons of pivoting and transitioning what is one that I'm thankful for in those seasons I'm thankful for the mindset and the belief Deep side, deep down, because the time is deep. That I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite quotes is a quote by Steve Jobs. You probably heard me say that. I know you probably heard me say this at some point, Jazz. I don't know. Yeah, you probably heard it. the dots always connect. So I talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. So you have to trust the dots will somehow connect. That is not the quote that I was going for. Okay, I'll tell you what that quote means real quick. That means that in life, sometimes you're struggling with things and you don't know how things will connect. But looking forward, you can always usually connect those little moments that actually yeah. where you are. But that's not what I was going for. What I was thinking about was this other quote that I keep in my mind where it says, the good days don't last forever and the bad days don't either. 
So I, I ignore that quote, but when things are bad is when I focus on that because what we forget in those moments where we're struggling, where we're struggling or we're challenged, we forget that life and not even life every day, sometimes every week, sometimes in an hour, you could have an up and a down moment. But when we're mm-hmm. in that down moment, we sometimes feel like that's going to last forever. So that's just a reminder for me when I'm when I'm trying to figure out that pivot, when I'm when I'm challenged in certain ways to remind myself that. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to figure it out. And that, mm-hmm. that moment, trouble don't last always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good yeah. One. In my head, that's what I was singing. Yeah. Um, so, it's yeah. And it, it, that sort of reminds me of this quote that I'm sure that you've seen. And I like, I really appreciate is that like, you've made it through 100% of your bad days. And so I'm like, yeah, like you made it like no presentation on. Yep. You made it through hundred percent of your bad days so far. Yeah. And so I was like, so my track record on making it through bad days is actually pretty good. So like, we're going to get through it and we're going to, you know, like we're going to be stronger and better because of it. Okay. So we're wrapping this thing up. This is a fill in the blank statement that I've asked every single guest. You can fill in the blank however you need to in this moment. So your statement is, it's very similar to your, I feared that statement. I might've stolen this from you actually, LOL. The statement is, I have permission Two. Hmm, that's a good one. I have, and that's good. I have permission to. What's coming to mind is I have permission to never give up on. This is really good. I, I, I have permission to never give up on the dreams that that little boy had. So I, I think about in college when I was younger, I always wanted, I just always wanted a lot for myself. I always wanted to impact a lot of people. I always wanted to help a lot of people. And I wanted to be wealthy doing it too. I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted well as that. And I, as you get older, in a way you can sometimes, if you don't watch, you can maybe settle. Maybe I don't need that. Or maybe I'm thinking too big or you can sometimes limit that. So I have mm. to, to never give up on the dreams that that little boy had. That's, oh, I love that. I love that. It's so good. That's so good. Okay. Well, y'all heard it, y'all heard it here first. And I would add that's so, that's so good. I would add in because it's you that you have permission to cultivate moments that require courage and to step into those boldly. Thank y'all so much, Daryl. Can you please let the folks know how they can find you, how they can connect with you and learn more about what you're doing? Yes, I'm Daryl Bellamy Jr., D-A-R-R-Y-L-B-E-L-L-A-M-Y Jr. on Instagram, fearlessinside.com. That's my website. And Daryl, D-A-R-R-Y-L at fearlessinside.com is the email if you want to reach me. Uh, Thank y'all for listening. Thank you for sharing. And I hope that you got something out of our time today. So thanks, Jasmine, as well, for inviting me on. Thank uh, you. Many years, many different conversations. I'm glad that we can have these conversations live, which is pretty Yes. Yes. So I'm going to drop all of Daryl's contact things in the show notes. So if you want to connect, be sure to check the show notes for all of that info. Daryl, I just want to take a moment to give you your flowers. Who would have thought when I reached out to bring you to Auburn, yeah. I don't know, that feels like a lifetime ago, that not only would you come 
and create this great and dynamic experience for our students, but that you would become like a trusted friend, sounding board. I am so excited to see where this next transition and pivot and evolution takes you. I know that wherever you go, that you are going to continue to impact people and you're going to continue to empower folks to really reach deeper inside themselves to pull out all of the good things that they have already inside of them and that they trust that they can do the things that they want to do because they've connected with you. And so I just want to say thank you for the work that you're doing, the ways that you've impacted students and the ways that you're going to continue to impact all kinds of folks around the world. I appreciate you. Yeah. And that's all I got for today. So I hope to see you or hear you on the next episode of the Permission to Pivot podcast. Mm.